Do you know that God's more interested in your heart than in your actions? That's why religion doesn't work. Because religion's all about the works, all about the actions, all about the outward appearance. But the heart, when the heart is transformed, it automatically leads. The heart leads. The heart will lead you to do something, speak something, think something different, right? That's why God's more interested in the heart. You know, in many, many places in the Bible, you see that when people purposed in their heart, the blessing came before the action ever came. And, um, you know, you could read in the book of Haggai, and there's uh, several other instances, you know, in, in the book of Kings and Second Kings, where kings would purpose and decide in their heart, we're going to do this. And before they even did it, the Lord blessed them and the Lord protected them, you know. So purposing in your heart what you're going to do is really powerful because the Lord sees the hearts, right? So he rewards you when you make the decision in your heart. Amen? So that's, you know, just keep that in mind. God's looking at our hearts. You know, he's, he's, he's proud of you because of what's going on in here, because who he created you to be, you know. And then the actions follow, the behavior follows, the, the, the way of thinking, the way of speaking, all of that follows. It's just fruit of what's happening in here, you know. So anyways, welcome to Word of Life, <laughs> um, where we have a teaching in between every teaching. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> so good, like, you know, like you're just going to get fed no matter what. There's always going to be something for you in some part of the service, you know, at any point. God is so good. Oh, man. Um, okay, so if you're here for the first time, we want you to know what we're all about. We're building a place where people encounter God. They belong to a family, and they're transformed by the Word of God. You know, I hope you're having an encounter with God. What does that mean? That means that when you come to church, you can say, wow, God was there. He spoke to me, you know. Like, I felt his presence. I, I, I feel spiritually stronger, right? Like, some people describe it in different ways, but the, the, the whole point of it is that you are having a supernatural encounter with a God who is spirit, who you cannot see, right? And that's an encounter with God. And they're different. You know, sometimes, you know, it involves a lot of other things and different manifestations. Or, you know, sometimes you receive a prophetic word. Or sometimes you, you know, you get healed in your body. But, but it's something that you capture with your spirit. Something that cannot be satisfied with any other thing in this world, just him. You know, you have a, a Holy Spirit size shaped hole in you that only the Holy Spirit can fill. You know, the Bible actually says that. I have a whole teaching on that. You know, we, we were created for transcendence and the only transcendence comes from God. And anything that is not transcended above, you know, this earthly life, it's, it's not ever going to fill and satisfy, you know, that shape hole of the Holy Spirit you have inside of you. See, I told you there's a teaching in between every teaching. <laughs> Especially, you know, when we keep coming back, it's like, you know that people put a draw and they put a demand, right, on God. That's why gathering is so important, right? We are hungry. You know, we're, we're, we're thirsty for more of God, of his presence, to hear him. You know what that does? It draws heaven. It draws heaven to come in this place and move. See, you know the difference because when you've been to a place that is dead and then you go to one that is alive, you're like, yeah, okay, I know. Yeah. Right? And I don't mean any church or anything like that. Like, you know, you could go to Walmart and it doesn't feel like it feels in here, right? You get some satisfaction about going to Home Depot and knowing that now you have the right tools for what you're going to do, right? It's, it's, it's good, but it's not the same thing as going to church, right? You know, some people describe it as like, oh, I feel more spiritually awake. This is more spiritual. Well, you know, yes, it is. God is spirit. You know, and the Bible says that the, the true worshipers will worship him in spirit and in truth. You know, and he needs to be worshipped in spirit because he is spirit. So anyways, that's the kind of place we're building in here. Belong, encounter God, belong to a family, which this is an amazing family, you know. Uh, and be transformed by God's word. So if it's your first time here, fill out one of those new visitor cards in front of the seats, and then uh, at the end of service, bring it outside. To those doors, we have a table where we have a gift for you, and we really, really want you to have this gift and take it home with you and, 
and uh, get informed with all this stuff in there. But also there's a free coffee. And guess what opened up today? Who cares about children's church? No, I'm just kidding. The coffee shop is open. <laughs> Joking. By the way, children's church is open. So if you didn't know, you didn't hear, or, you know, that is open. You don't have to go. You don't have to send them. But we just want you to know children's church is open, and they are uh, having a great time, okay, over there. Um, they have plenty of room and space. And then the nursery is also open, okay, uh, so for babies and all that stuff. So we just want you to, to know that uh, all, all of those are open. The fifth and ninth graders class is not open yet, okay. But, but those are, you know, it's my daughter back there, you know, and her friends and like that. The age preteens, you know, they're here with us and they're learning a lot. So, um, and then uh, the next thing we're going to do is receive the offering. So if you need an envelope, Feel free to fill out one of the envelopes um, in front of the chairs. Uh, and then at the end of service, you can deposit it in the black mailboxes that are outside, uh, one by the fire extinguisher, one by the sound booth here. And, um, and you can just put your envelope there. You can also give online by text. Um, if you're watching from home, you can also mail in a check or give through the website. So stand with me and let's do our confession. Let's declare this, okay? And remember, it's not the just like repeating it. I am powerful and what I believe changes the world. No, you know, you like, you need to believe this because, you know, let me tell you why you need to believe this. Because we've put these declarations together out of the Bible. We didn't just go, hmm, what sounds good? No, no, no. Like these these are in the word. They're founded in the word. This is what God says about you. Therefore, it has power for you to say it and believe it, you know. And, uh, and I'll tell you, so many testimonies, people, so many testimonies of just like all of these things happening, right? Oh my goodness, I was listening to some testimonies. I was at, uh, uh, at the um, Bible study with Jerry and Judy this, this last Friday, which by the way, you know, you, you need to go. It's, it was so fun. It's, it's the th first and third Friday of the month at their house over on Christmas in Guadalupe. Um, and, and I was just hearing testimonies. I love it. We're going to have to uh, share some of those sometimes. But pretty much, you know, they're raising the dead in that group. <laughs> I'm not joking, you know. And, uh, and it's powerful. So I don't know why I said that. Because, yes, because of the confession. Because you are powerful, you know. It's not just the pastor and the evangelist, like one man of God. No, it's all his children. All his children have the same access to be used by God in these amazing ways. So let's believe it. Let's declare. Say with me, I am powerful, and what I believe changes the world. So today I declare God is in a good mood. He loves me all the time. Nothing can separate me from his love. Jesus' blood paid for everything. I will tell the nations of what he has done. I am important. How he made me is amazing. I was designed for worship. My mouth establishes praise to silence the enemy. Everywhere I go becomes a perfect health zone because with God, nothing is impossible. Amen? Come on, give the Lord praise. So, all right, we have announcements. Go. Welcome to Word of Life. I'm Jose. And I'm Julia. If it's your first time here, please fill out one of the welcoming cards located in the seat in front of you. Then, at the end of service, take it outside to the welcoming desk for your free gift. And now, for your announcements. We have prayer intercession Monday through Friday from 6 to 7 a.m. right here at church. We have our music and worship school Tuesday nights from 6 to 7 p.m. Come learn a new instrument with the worship team. Our women's Bible study, Bloom, is on summer vacation and will return in August. But in the evening, we have our School of Transformation Wednesday nights at 6.45 p.m. During the month of June and July, we're going to have a different bunch of speakers, so you don't want to miss it. And youth, don't forget, your service is back on, too, at the same exact time. And the Vita Food Bank is open Thursdays from 4.30 to 6.30. If you have any questions regarding this ministry, make sure you talk to Margarita. Word of Life is hosting their worship night. It's going to be June 12th from 7 to 9 p.m. We hope to see you all there and get your two hours with God. Our Vita Young Adults are getting together the 7th and the 28th this month. If you're between the ages of 19 through 29, make sure you join us on the cafe side of the church at 6 p.m. Men, your monthly breakfast is coming up. 
This month it is BYOB. Bring your own breakfast. It's gonna be right here at the church, June 20th at eight o'clock in the morning. We have baby dedications June 28th during both services. Make sure you sign up at the bookstore. If you have any questions about any of the announcements, check out our social media pages or find us around the church. And, and these, these are your announcements. announcements. Be safe. <laughs> oh, that's great. Be safe. <laughs> Be crazy, wild, and bold, I say. <laughs> Risk it all for Jesus. Just kidding. Don't be reckless. Use wisdom. <laughs> Man, you don't know nowadays, like, what you say could be like, ah. Um, okay, so a couple things. Just want to remind you, tonight we have Vita Young Adults. 6 p.m. next door is going to be so fun. Huh? Oh, yes. Your Mother's Day pictures are on the wall. So how many of you saw your picture? You guys look amazing, Mother's Day. Let's just give it up for the moms. I don't think they got a good, you know... Yes, thank you, moms. So our gift to you, your pictures, feel free to uh, take them with you at the end of service. Uh, just unclip them. Uh, and don't take anybody else's picture. That's just not nice. You're like, oh, well, look at that family. They're so cute. <laughs> don't do that. Um, and, um, and then Wednesday night, we have Nick teaching, powerful teaching. So you don't want to miss that. You know, um, Wednesday night, it was so fun. This last Wednesday is like, you know, again, like another opening up, you know, in person. And we had a lot of people come in. Youth were, you know, having their, their youth group, and it was awesome. Lots of them, same thing with children's, you know. So it is really good. Uh, we have nursery care. and So come on Wednesday night. It's going to be so good with Nick. Um, and then are we celebrating Father's Day next week? Is it? No. Not next week, is it? No, no. Okay, okay, just checking. Um, and then guess what's Friday night, the 12th, which is the second Friday of the month. And what happens on the second Friday of the month? We have worship night. So don't miss out. Bring somebody with you. It's not a church event. It's just worship event. So uh, I love worship night because people from all churches come, and, and, and people need it. You know, it's just like a... Uh, a well of fresh water, you know, for anyone who's serving or or a leader, and you know, like we look for these things ourselves, you know, and just just a place. There's no agenda. There's no work. There's no offering. There's no message. It's just worship. You come in and you leave whenever you want. Uh, it's just like an open house, and and you just be in the presence of God, you know. So it's it's really powerful. Invite someone. And if you see the video um, circulating online about our worship night, go ahead and share it. Send it to some friends, send it to some people. You know, um, I still believe that most people are looking for an invitation. And it doesn't take convincing. The Bible never tells us to try to convince anybody to come to church or do anything. It just takes an invitation, right? And then he gives us the words to speak. You know, he gives us the encouragement that somebody else needs. And it's that saltiness that I talked about a few weeks ago that makes people thirsty. They go, wait, what? <laughs> like, really? Like, those are really good news. Yeah, it's called gospel, <laughs> you know? And it makes people thirsty because people want good news. They want truth. So be that salt that we were talking about a few weeks ago, you know, and uh, invite people. Most people just want an invitation. Most people just want to know we're here. So... You can do that online as well. So many things you can do on social media today. Spread lies and all kinds of things. So you can also spread truth. Did you know that? I mean, social media works great for spreading lies. So imagine if it was truth. Just saying. Okay. Don't start making stories in your mind. I didn't say anything. I just said something, you know. God is so good. Okay, so I have a, a teaching for you today, but mostly this is a teaching that that needs an application, that needs an experience, that needs truth to it, you know, um, because everybody's experience will be different. And so last Sunday we talked about the day of Pentecost, and all of you know now what the day of Pentecost is, right? Everybody learn, you know, why 
Pentecost, why it's 50, 50 days from what, from when, right? And it used to be the Feast of Harvest. And then we see how God did it on that day. And then the church started and it has never stopped growing. The church started on Acts chapter 2 and it has never stopped growing. And this book of the, of the Bible has never changed either. Once it was finished, it's finished. At the end of Revelation, says nobody adds anything to this. Nobody takes anything out and nobody has. We don't need revisions, right? It's, it's the same Bible. Different translations, right? Different amplified versions, you know? But it's the same Bible. It has never changed. Church has never stopped growing because what God does never stops, right? That's how you know when something is of God, too. Because it'll continue to prosper. It'll continue to go. It'll continue to move. Right? Anything that is healthy, you know, that's why we don't worry about church growth here. We worry about people growing. We want to make sure you're growing. But we don't worry about like, what are we going to do to fill this place up? What are we going to do? Oh my goodness. We only had 10 visitors this month and, you know, we should be having 30. Like, we don't worry about those things. You know why? Because anything that is healthy just grows. And anything that is of God remains. So he does that. And if you read in Acts chapter 2 and 3 and 4, you see that God was adding to the church, right? So that makes our job really easy. Our job is just to be marketing pieces. Our job is just to tell people that there is a place where God will receive them and love them and he wants to have a relationship with them and they won't be judged. And we just give them good news. They're not our good news and we're not making them up. They're his good news that he gave us, right? So the big difference for all of this, and this is what I want to talk to you about today, is um, why is the Holy Spirit so important? What is the difference? And I can tell you the difference because I experienced the difference. I experienced the difference. I grew up in a, in a um, very conservative um, church when I was a child, okay? And I, and I grew up in, and I was... Uh, well, church was boring, okay, I'll just say it, church was boring, you know, I did not want to go to church, you know, I was a, I was a child, and it was, it was just like, you know, I don't want to say it again, because it feels like I'm knocking down on someone, but it was just like, ah, oh, thank God it's over, you know, like, it, it was, there was no life to it, there was good community, there's good friendships to this day, you know, that we have, you know, the people that we see in touch. But, but it, it, there was a big difference. And I want to know, what's the big difference about having the Holy Spirit, being filled and baptized in the Holy Spirit, or not, right? Because you need to know that even though you're saved, it doesn't mean that you're baptized with the Holy Spirit. It's an option. Just like you decided when you got saved. I know some of you are like, well, no, I didn't. It was up to God. No, my friend. If it was up to God, you would have come to him years ago. <laughs> it's up to you. He had already died and rose again when you were born. Okay? Don't be mad at me. It's the same thing when you get filled with the Holy Spirit. It's up to you. And so... We were uh, invited to this revival meeting, you know, and uh, what was a revival meeting? Well, I don't know, but it was different, you know. Uh, we, we were in a church that was just like, just piano and, and hymns and, you know, that was fine. The most exciting thing was a tambourine. I was in a tambourine team. <laughs> it was a privilege to play the tambourine. <laughs> it was cool to play the tambourine, okay? Like, just so you know. It's not just for girls. What is a tambourine? You're going to have to Google it. Okay. So, so we went to this, this revival meeting, right? And it's like, there's, there's a drum set. There's electric guitar. There's like electric synthesizers and all this. Stuff. I'm like, what? You know? And it was amazing. But the most powerful thing and what they were talking about was the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, the Holy Spirit, like. What does that mean, right? And I see people getting filled with the Holy Spirit and different things happening to them. Some will fall to the ground. Some will start laughing. And you're like, what is it? And we talked a little bit about this last week. And we said, you know, everybody experiences the Holy Spirit different. And we also clearly said that you should not put what it should look like in a box, right? You should not put and say, well, I'm only filled with the Holy Spirit if I hit the ground. No. 
Because everybody has different experiences. Some people never fall to the ground and they're full of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, right? And, and they have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They pray for the sick. They get healed. They recover, right? But they know, and this is the important thing. The important thing is that you know the difference before and after when you can feel his presence, when he's moving, when he's saying something. The important thing is that you know. Do you understand? Whether you're shaking, rolling, laughing, crying, or on the ground, or just standing, as long as you know, boy, I know the difference. I know when he's speaking. I can feel his presence right now. I, as long as you know, that's all that matters. You don't want to, we don't want to put him in a box and say, well, only this or that. No. So for me, the difference was huge because it made me like church. I was, I was asking the Holy Spirit, and here's what you need to understand. One requirement is that you need to want it. You have to want it. The Holy Spirit will only come to those that want it and ask for it. Listen, it's an upgrade. It's a fulfillment of the promise. It's Jesus' successor on earth. Let me say it this way. In the beginning... The father was there. He walked in the garden with him. Then he left and he sent his presence because God's desire is to always inhabit with people, in people, among people. Okay? So when, when the whole garden fiasco happened, then God found a way to send his presence and they had the ark, right? The ark of the covenant. And then after that, you know, they built a temple and God filled the temple with Solomon, right? And then what happened? Then um, Jesus came. And Jesus walked among men. And then Jesus left, and what happened? He said, don't worry, it's good that I leave, because I will send the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit, right? He's always looking and providing for a way to be in us and among us. And the Holy Spirit is the one that he left. Because Jesus was one person, but the Holy Spirit is a spirit person that can be in all of us at the same time. You understand why? It's so important. So wouldn't you want, you know, I hear many people, I, I used to say this. I'm like, oh, I wish I lived in the times of Jesus because I would have loved to just be like one of those guys. Like how amazing that I would get to be walking with Jesus. I wouldn't leave his side. I would be taking notes all day long. I'd be like, what, what do you say? What do you say? What was that? You know, like imagine that, right? Well, he didn't leave us option B. When he sent the Holy Spirit, he didn't leave us the lesser option like, all right, here, I'll leave you with my assistant. You know, he's not as good as me, but he'll do. No, he left the Holy Spirit. He's part of the Trinity. He's one with God. He's one with Jesus. And he left the Holy Spirit because in spirit form, he could be in all of us. And he could be here in Mexico, in China, in Europe, and everywhere at the same time. Because he is spirit. So now I ask you, do you think it's important to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit? To be filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit? Right? So you need to want it. First of all, you have to desire it. And I remember being, I don't know, I was probably 12 years old. And I was sitting in a meeting, you know, and I'm like, oh, I want to receive the Holy Spirit. I want to receive the Holy Spirit. I want to receive the Holy Spirit. You know, I'm like, God, fill me, fill me. I want to know. I'm desperate. I'm like, I see all these people having a great time. I'm like, I am desperate. I need the Holy Spirit too. I want to be filled. I want to feel what they're feeling. I want, I'm like, right? I'm, this is all going on in my mind. So I'm sitting in my chair, like, just like praying, probably through the whole service. You know, these services have gone for like four hours and they go by like that. You wouldn't even feel it. You'd be like, this is amazing. Let's do it till 1 a.m. You know, it was, it was just so fun. Church was so fun, you know? And so I'm sitting in my chair and finally I'm like, all right, I'm just going to get up and I'm going to worship, you know, worship was going on the whole time. And I get up and the minute I get up, I go flying back like, I'm like, whoo, I'm like, what happened? I'm like, what happened, right? And I just, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. That was my experience, you know? Have I always fallen? No. Many times I have, you know? Not lately, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I have the evidence of 
What is that? We're going to talk about it in just a moment. See, but the important thing is that I had my own experience. And what I could tell you is that, you know, when they were all gathered in one place and in one heart in Acts chapter 2, it says they were praying, waiting for the Holy Spirit to come, the day of Pentecost, right? And it says they were gathered together in one place and in one heart, in one mind. And you know what that means? That also gives us the idea that none of them were uninterested. None of them were apathetic you know what apathetic is what apathy is it's like a plague it's the eh, eh, eh. that's apathy do you like this eh. do you not like it eh. are you excited about that eh. you want to go to church eh. do you want to not go to church Apathy, man. Gross. Huh? I'm in a mood. My wife says I'm in a mood. <laughs> it's our coffee. And so none of them were, had apathy, none of them were uninterested. You know, I, I think it's sad to say that today you find a lot of uninterested people in church. And it's like, why are you here? If you're uninterested, why are you here? And I'll tell you why. Sometimes, sometimes we're forced. Sometimes you're desperate. You don't know what you want. Sometimes you're just looking, right? But we have to be interested desiring, wanting, looking, and expecting for more because that's what draws. That's faith. That's what draws the presence of God. That's what draws the Holy Spirit. They were all interested. They were all expecting. They were all like, right? And that's what we need to do when we come to church. We need to be expecting to have an encounter with God. What's he going to say today? Whew, I can't wait to get in there and worship. And man, it's been a rough week. You're expecting, right? You're expecting, I need a word because I have a situation and I have this thing. So what are you going to say to me, God? You're expecting, right? So we need to want the Holy Spirit first. And I tell you what, I'm going to make my story real short. It changed my life, forever changed my life. Um, from then on, it's never been the same. Church has been the funnest thing. I've been tempted with all kinds of things that teenagers are always tempted. And my rock, my foundation, what never allowed me to steer to the left or to the right was the relationship with the Holy Spirit. That's it. Because the Holy Spirit is so many things. Like, what does the Holy Spirit do? Well, I'll tell you what, you know. It, he, number one, you know, it says that when we receive the Holy Spirit, you'll receive power, which is dunamis, right? First thing I ask my kids, I'm like, hey, what do you think of the Holy Spirit when what comes to mind? One of them said power. Another one said guidance. I'm like, yeah, that's right on. That's exactly what the Bible says, right? And then, um, you know, I, I don't know if you ever wonder, but I always wonder what's the real difference. And I've walked with the Holy Spirit long enough to know, like, there's a lot that thankfully I don't know because of the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you know what I mean. But there's a lot that I've been spared from because I had a relationship with the Holy Spirit. I have never not wanted to go to church. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is there. Because it's alive. And that's the difference. It's not dead. It's alive. What does it say? A church alive is worth the drive? Why is it alive? Because the Holy Spirit is moving. Because there is freedom, right? So we need to want the Holy Spirit. And the more we want the Holy Spirit, the more we'll see, the more we'll feel, the more we'll experience, the more we'll encounter, and the more we can share to others. Okay, I hope you're learning. Are you learning something this morning? I want the Holy Spirit. Always. Always. Um, he's our teacher. He's the spirit of truth. He gives us boldness. You know, something about being filled with the Holy Spirit is not just speaking in tongues, but he gives you boldness. It makes you brave. He makes you brave and bold. And you can see that in, in Peter, right? Like Peter was 
kind of scared with everything that happened. Well, the Holy Spirit gives you boldness. Do you think we need boldness nowadays, kind of like Peter? you think there's things and threats and stuff going on in the world that would want to intimidate us, to get quiet, go hide, get going in a cave and never come out, right? There are, right? And what's the answer for that? The Holy Spirit, because he'll give us boldness. He'll give us confidence. He will teach us. He will guide us. He will lead us. You know, the, the, when it says in uh, John 16, I, I encourage you to read John 14 and John 16. They talk about the Holy Spirit a lot. And, and they use uses the word parakletos, parakletos, okay, which is the word advocate. And that word advocate uh, talks about him being like a helper, one that helps us on the stand, one that teaches us and guides us. He that comforts us. See, that's where all this comes from. How can you have peace in the midst of all of these? The Holy Spirit. Your relationship with Holy Spirit is so important. And and I just want us to read, uh, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, okay? I'm going to read a few verses here. Because one of the evidences of uh of being filled or baptized with the holy spirit is to speak in tongues and this seems so weird for so many people so weird for so many people so i want to take the the rest of the time i have to talk about this specific part of being filled with the holy spirit which is speaking in tongues it's like you have a secret language okay speaking in tongues is a secret language between you and god in heaven as a matter of fact, let me say, between your spirit and God, because speaking in tongues is a language that you do not understand. Oh, this is getting weird. Let me tell you, speaking in tongues is a language you do not understand. And what is so powerful is that it leaves your intellect out of the picture. Oh, I don't know if I can live without my intellect. Sure you can. <laughs> Why? You know, it, it takes humility. You know, the Bible says that God, you know, what does he do? He loves the humble, right? But he opposes the pride, the proud, right? When you speak in tongues, you don't know what it sounds like. It's a little funky. Some speak in tongues and it sounds like Hebrew. Some speak in tongues and it sounds like French, some speaking tongues, and it sounds like some Asian language or something, right? There's different kind of tongues. And, and where's that in the Bible? Well, just read Acts chapter 2 right there, you know. Everybody was given different tongues, and they were speaking a language they did not know. But other people knew it. So what's the point of all of this, okay? Well, there's a few things I want to show you. First of all, in First uh, Corinthians chapter 14, um, Verse 2 says, for anyone who speaks in a tongue, okay, does not speak to men, but to God. Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries with his spirit. Say mysteries. Okay. How many of you think you know everything? Okay. As expected. Okay. We don't know everything, right? So let me ask you, if you don't know everything, how do you know what to pray for? Well, sometimes you know how to pray. Sometimes you know what to pray for. But sometimes we don't know exactly. We're not sure. Like, well, the Holy Spirit does. So when you pray in tongues, you're praying mysteries and you're praying the perfect will of God. You're shutting down your mind, your intellect, and you're allowing your spirit to pray. It's almost as if your brain is being left out of the picture and you're only running on faith. Well, that's not too bad, is it? To run only on faith. You know, the Bible says that faith is necessary and it's required to please God. And I want to suggest to you that a lot of people fool themselves. Listen, I know a lot of you just came back um, and you're like, whoa, he's like pretty edgy today. You know, listen, <laughs> we made a commitment in this church 12 years ago that we will never water the word down. Okay, so if it feels uncomfortable, say that's good. <laughs> if it feels uncomfortable, it's good because it means like there's something you need to grow from, something you need to learn. Okay, I like messages that make me feel uncomfortable because then I have to, 
I have to be challenged. I have to ask, right? But see, we weren't meant to understand everything with our mind, with our brain. As a matter of fact, God says, you know, he, to believe in God, faith is required because you don't see God, and then faith pleases God. So how about praying in a language that you don't understand, that you sound like crazy, and that you don't even know what it's going to say or do? Well, it would require what? Faith, right? It would require faith, and faith pleases God. So the Bible tells us, you know, we don't understand when we pray in tongues, but we're praying mysteries. Then if you skip over to uh, verse 14, it says, um, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. Who prays? My spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. (laughs) In other words, my mind does not understand. Now, we need both. We need to pray with understanding And we need to pray in the spirit. We need to pray on the word, right? God, this is what you say. This is your promise. So I'm believing for this and I thank you for this, right? We we pray with understanding. But then the Bible says to pray without ceasing. So I asked myself many times, I said, God, how can I pray without ceasing? That's a lot of praying. I don't think my niece can take it. Well, what is praying? Praying is talking to God, right? Praying is talking to God. So... Praying without ceasing is just being in communication with God all day. And sometimes interceding too. And when I don't know what to pray, I'm not supposed to just pray the same thing over and over that it becomes just words, vain words that mean nothing. But I can pray in the Spirit all day long. I can pray in tongues all day long. You know, when I'm by myself, when I'm on my way to work, when I'm, you know, on my way back, when you're driving somewhere, when you're in the morning getting ready, you can pray in tongues and pray in the Spirit. And you know what you're doing? You're praying the perfect will of God. I want to pray the perfect will of God. Let me tell you, I ask for things, you know. I ask for things. I ask God things for you. I'm praying for you. And sometimes I have limited understanding and limited knowledge of what to pray for you. Do you understand that? I mean... It's obvious, right? Because I don't know everything that God has for your life. I know limited information. So how would you want me to pray for you? Pray in tongues, Pastor. Please pray in tongues. Because then you're praying the perfect will of God over my life. See, it's like you're allowing your spirit to intercede, connect with God, and pray in tongues the perfect will of God, right? And you are out of the picture. It takes humility and it takes faith. Why? Because I don't know what I'm praying. And I just have to believe that the Holy Spirit is praying through me. And, and what are you standing on? Well, I'm standing on the Bible. I'm standing on the Word. You know, I'm praying for our building. I'm praying, I'm praying for, the, for the new church building, right? And believe me, I have no idea where it's exactly going to be. I just know Arizona. I don't know, Right? I tell God what I want. I tell God what I like. I tell God what I would, where I would like to be. But then I'm like, I know you have the perfect one. So I'm going to pray in the spirit. I'm going to pray in tongues, okay, for this building that you know where it needs to be. So it's a lighthouse so that a lot more people could come and hear the good news. Are you following this? Okay. How do you pray for your children? How do you pray for, the, for your children's spouses? that are not even due for 20 years. <laughs> Sorry, if you're online, you don't know what he said. Um, we need a crowd mic for this. <laughs> you pray in tongues. You know how much confidence and peace it gives me to know that I can pray the perfect will of God and not miss anything that I need to pray for when I pray in tongues? I mean, do you ever go to the grocery store and like, oh, I feel like I'm forgetting something, I'm forgetting something, I'm forgetting something. And then you leave and you forgot something, right? It's terrible, right? Because you, you don't know. See, when we pray, we don't know everything. But if you pray in tongues, you're covered. You're covered. See, I want this heavenly language. You know, I teach my kids. 
and, and, and they gotten filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't know if all of them speak in tongues yet or not. Almost, right? But they want it, you know, not shoving it down their throat and, you know, make them feel like, hey, you're not speaking in tongues. What's wrong with you, kid? And, you know, no, not at all. And the same thing should be here. But we just need to want it and know that we need it and know why it is so powerful. See, let's go to, um, let me just read verse uh, 18. Verse 18 says, I thank God. Listen, this is Paul saying, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. <laughs> but in the church, I would rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others than 10,000 words in tongues. That's why I'm preaching in English. Right? You understand? Praying in tongues is for you and it's for you to be interceding for others. Praying in tongues is it's like, okay, you have... A handgun, okay? Pew, pew. But then praying in tongues, you got a bazooka. Okay? Really going to spiritual war with this. Like, like it's a superpower. You need to want it, right? What if it sounds weird? I don't know. Are you more worried about what you sound like or look like than about the powerful tool that God gave you? Because then right there you know you have a problem with pride. Control. I got to know what I'm saying. I don't know what I'm saying. I don't like this praying in tongues thing, so I don't know what it is. All right. Well, you obviously have to let go and be a little humble. You take yourself too seriously. I know. It sounds so weird. I hear people praying. What is that? I don't want to sound like that. What are they going to think about me? Yeah, right there. That's the problem. See, I learned a long time ago to not take myself too seriously. It causes so much stress. You have so much upkeeping to do and worried about so many things. Like, I don't care anymore. Maybe I'm just getting old. I don't know. <laughs> Letting you know, the, the sooner you let go of, of that concern the sooner you become free. Okay. Uh, let's go to Romans 8. Romans chapter 8. Are you learning something? Okay. We have only a few minutes left here. So Romans chapter 8 in verse 26. Check this out. It says, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. Anybody here has weakness? Not talking about just chocolate. Right? Weaknesses. Okay? Don't point at people. <laughs> the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groans or with sounds that words cannot express. See, I told you. I was telling you the truth. I probably should have read this verse first, right? <laughs> you don't know what it is, right? But he knows. So the question is, are you willing to yield to the Holy Spirit so that he can pray what's best for you and best for others? It's a question of pride. It's a question of control and humility, right? And I'm telling you, there's no better thing. I, have, I, could, I could spend the next two hours telling you testimonies of praying in the Spirit and praying in tongues. I'll tell you one quick. We were in, um, this was probably 2002, before Google Maps or any kind of digital maps, only paper maps. And we were in uh, Honduras. It was Honduras. It was raining cows. Not literally, but like that's how bad it was raining. You know, like it was raining so bad. We're on dirt roads, driving a minivan, a box truck, and an SUV. And um, and all of a sudden, the minivan breaks down. And it's flooded. I mean, there's nothing around, okay? We don't know where we are. And we break down, and just, just that's it. I was 18. I was 18 years old. I'm the only Spanish-speaking person in the team 
And, um, and we'd been praying in tongues for, for a good hour because, see, the evan- evangelists are awesome. They have a gift. They're always excited even if they are scared to death, right? Even if they have no idea what's going on, where they're going, anything, they're always excited, right? But I knew something was up, so we're praying. I'm praying in tongues because I'm like, where are we going? We don't know. You know, literally grabbed the map and started praying. It's like, all right, we'll go there. But between here and there, there's no signs. There's, you, there's no blue dot, people. <laughs> there's no little arrow telling you if you're going the right direction. It's just, so we're, we prayed in tongues a lot. And I want to say sometimes technology can still um, our our prayer, you know. But anyways. So we're going, and then, uh, and then the car breaks down, and it's in the middle of the night. It's pouring, so all we did was like stop on the side of the road. Nothing was coming, anyways, you know, like, and and we're just stranded there. And we're like, all right, we'll see you in the morning where we're at and where we can go. And so we pray in tongues. We're praying in tongues, you know. I'm praying in tongues all night. We wake up um, in the morning. Like the sun, you know, is beating through the glass, you know, in the minivan. And and I look, and then I see people coming, knocking on your window, you know. Feel, I mean, you guys, I don't look Mexican or Hispanic, right? So to them, it's all just a bunch of gringos in Honduras. <laughs> obviously lost, right? With a box truck full of thousands of dollars of sound equipment and lights and stage and you know what, you know. And then we're there, and... And so they start coming, and we see people running towards us, and like, oh, my goodness. They're like, why are you? What are you doing? We broke down. Okay, okay. And then they leave, right? And then we're still there. Like, we don't have cell phone signal. As a matter of fact, hold on. I think one person in the team had a cell phone, okay? There's no extra charges, chargers, no, nothing like that. So it's like, at this point, you have to walk till you find something or someone. So, long story short, uh, all of a sudden, a, a, another group of people come, and the, this one lady comes, and she says, hey, um, you guys are what we've been praying for. Said, she said, God, is this, this turns out that up the hill, there's a tiny little village, okay? We're talking about a few hundred people, if that. And then this lady is the pastor in the only church in that city. And she comes over to us, and she said, God gave me a vision about you guys. She said, God gave me a dream six months ago that white people in a big white truck were coming to our town. People thought I was crazy, but I told everybody, and here you are today. And so, you know, we, we pulled the cars up ahead to the village. There was actually one mechanic in there that was able to patch up the, the, the pan, the radiator pan. Um, and by the next day, our car was up and running. But that night, we had... We had church in the village. We had miracles. We preached to people. And, and everybody was shocked that God gave this lady a dream six months ago. And us, by praying in tongues, were led by the Holy Spirit to land right there because we probably wouldn't have stopped in that town. Right? And then we're there and we had a meeting and, and like people got saved, healed, delivered. See, praying in tongues is very powerful. And that's one of so many stories that I could tell you where you don't know. You say you believe, well, pray in tongues because that's how faith is going to bring about what you need. You're interceding. You're, it's like you're allowing your voice to be used by God and your spirit to be connected to him and say, God, all right, I don't know, but you pray for this situation. I don't know if, ask, I, don't know if I should ask that the, my house would sell or it would rent or that it would just... You know, or that income would come. I don't know which one to pray, but you know the perfect one, so pray in tongues. God, I don't know if I should ask about more clients or, or, or I don't know what to ask about, God. Sometimes we don't know, and it's okay. It's the place of humility where we come and we say, all right, God, I trust you, and we're going to do it your way. And it takes surrendering, right? And let's read one more, Jude chapter 20. Jude is the last book before Revelation, okay? So after 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, there's one page or a half a page in your Bible, and it's the book of Jude. 
And we say Jude 20 because we don't even have to say what chapter it is because it's only one chapter. Jude 1.20, it says, But you, dear friends, build yourselves up. Say, build yourself up in your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. Wow. Do you understand what it says here? It says, I can build myself up in my most holy faith by praying in the Spirit. I'm telling you what, best thing you can do all the time is pray in tongues. Because you're interceding, you're praying the perfect will of God, and you're building yourself up in faith. I'm telling you, there's been times when I'm feeling weak. There's times when I'm like, my faith does not feel like it's all there. You know what you do? You start praying in the Holy Spirit, and you build yourself up in faith. It's like, you know like what uh, like football teams do in the locker rooms before they go out? I don't know, Victor, can you do better? <laughs> right? And they, they start building themselves up, and then they go out running. Right? Like that should be us. Spiritually speaking, of course, you know. <laughs> Don't come out of here charging, you know. <laughs> but that should be us, right? Building yourself up in faith because you don't, you know, like, oh my gosh, you know, I've been praying for that. I've been believing for this and it's not happening. You know what to do? You pray in tongues. You pray in the spirit. You build yourself up in faith. And man, that's the promise of God. You guys, that's why we need the Holy Spirit. And I don't know how many of you want the Holy Spirit or need the Holy Spirit or maybe like, well, it's been a while and, and I want to be filled again because you need to be filled and filled. Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit never leaves you. Never leaves you. Okay? But there's a difference at, at being full and being overflowing. And we're not going to get into that today. But that's why gathering together is so important. That's why building ourselves up in our most holy faith is important. That's why the encouraging one another is so important. Right? But being filled with the Holy Spirit and staying filled, you know, you feel it. You go out there. You have a crazy week, and all of a sudden you feel what? Depleted. Right? Sometimes it happens in one day, and you feel depleted, which is why we need to be in the presence of God every day, which is why we need to be in our word and in prayer every day, because you don't have to wait till Sunday to get filled up again. You just pray in this Holy Spirit, pray in tongues.